Tonight, we are talking about mastering the art of storytelling. Whether you're looking to refine your brand's narrative or craft a compelling new identity, tonight's episode is one you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Better Your Business Show. We are happy that you are here. I am Natalie, your host, and my PIC, the coach for business herself, Miss Shanna Mavis. Hey, hey, Natalie. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, hey. yeah. <laughs> it's that time already. Um, I'm getting hyped up. Hyped up. Yes. <laughs> How was the That's week so far? I am having a great week, actually. Yeah, really great week. It's been super, super busy. I have just been going by both ends, but that's okay. <laughs> wearing a lot of different hats. If I'm not wearing a lot of different hats, I can do a lot of things if I can just stay focused for a long period of times. It's when I have to keep shifting focus that I become grouchy. <laughs> Maybe a little unbearable for the people around me. <laughs> It's a little different than the last couple of weeks for you when you were like, oh, just getting out of the pool. Let me go get ready for that. Um, so, yeah, welcome to um, most of our lives here. Uh, okay, so tonight we are talking about branding and storytelling. And I'd love, um, I found out about our guest expert, Daniel, um, through David Richardson. Um, you know, he's been on business credit. Now he's got the business blueprint guys. Um, and he was just singing Daniel's praises. He was just talking about how great he was. And, um, you know, when he said that, I was like, okay, one, if he's telling me, I believe it, right? <laughs> that means that he spent time with him. He understands what he's got going on. And then getting a chance to spend a little bit of time in a couple of rooms with him um, and hearing just how he communicates and his passion um, for storytelling. And um, with us before the show, and those of you that join our community and rescore, um, you'll get a chance to see our pre-show combo with him. Um, he told us a little bit about his background and it's fascinating to think, you know, um, how or to see how passionate he is um, and recognizing his um, desire to help small or business owners in general, but he's been where they are, right? There's, it, it was some of the story that he told, it was just like many of us have been there, not really understanding, seeing that we've got these skills and we've got this passion and desire, but we're not making it. How, how can that be? Um, so it was just, it's fascinating to me and I'm excited to hear what he's got to share, you know, with everyone here. Yeah, definitely. It was interesting to hear his feedback to me because he's extremely talented, as you guys will see, extremely talented. And I thought to me, 
who would say no? <laughs> right. I mean, especially because what he does is so visual. It's like who would say no to that? And so when he was talking about, you know, different things he had to go through, it's just interesting to see, see too that really everything is perspective. And it was interesting because I said to him, you know, clearly you're talented. And he was like, well, I don't even look at myself that way. You know, I've worked hard to achieve the things that I've had, but it's like, he's going places, but you know, no matter what, cause he's definitely a talented, talented person. And it's exciting to see what he's created and then to hear all the hard work that he's put into it. He's not a one hit wonder. He's the real deal. So I'm excited yeah. to learn more about storytelling tonight. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he'll tell us some stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be real disappointed, Daniel. Um, he's backstage. If you don't tell us at least one story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and bring him in so that we can have yes. a conversation about it? Let's bring him in. Are you going to share his background? Oh. Daniel with Mr. J Studios. I honestly don't know how long he, no, I do know how long he's been in business, but I cannot remember, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how good he is at what he does and just the way that he understands um, branding and how uh, just from an artist's perspective, there's a difference there, you know, technology is great, but you know, he understands art and how everything just meshes together. But I will stop talking about Daniel and let's let Daniel talk about Daniel for a minute. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Daniel. What's going on guys? Okay. How are you doing? Good. We're excited that you're here and to talk about is there an issue? Uh, storytelling. What's that? Might be freezing. Um, Carlton, maybe change the screen. He might be freezing. Are you freezing? Am I, am I lagging? It was a little bit. I think we might be okay now. I can see you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can see you, but it was like that. <laughs> oh, How are man. you? Oh, no. Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I was really enjoying our conversation before, and I'm excited to continue it and get into some questions and some creative uh, conversations and see how many tangents and rabbit holes we can go into. Oh, plenty. Um, and if we had, uh, we've got to keep Carlton backstage because um, tangent yeah. and rabbit hole, that is, that's his jam right there. <laughs> um, one of the things that we were talking about before the show that you, you started talking about social media um, and how that's impacted branding for many businesses. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that because that's one of the questions I had is with you know the changes and the in trends and social media and technology in general, people are out there looking for something and and they're not afraid to talk about, you know, whatever is on their mind, which could be damaging. So I'd love to hear your perspective on how branding has changed the importance of uh, maintaining consistency in your brand and, you know, just diving a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, there was no conversation between the customer and the corporation. You know, there was a degree of separation between the actual owners of the, of the entity and the, the people who, you know, they provided services for or products. Uh, once social media came out, it, that was kind of all over because you started to develop an influence as an individual and you could say something about, you know, an experience you had, and then all of a sudden it damaged that company. 
And so companies had to think very quickly and, and change their, their, uh, their process and, and, and their approach to how they deal with, you know, everyday customers because an everyday customer can ruin your reputation as a business. It really only takes a few of them to pile up. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, word of mouth spreads and it spreads a lot faster with social media. And then you don't have people coming to your business anymore. So, um, people had to, you know, businesses and business owners had to humanize their brand. They had to make them relevant and, and relatable and engaging and empathetic. Um, and then you start getting into things like, you know, like Carl Jung's, you know, archetypes, jester and magician and, you know, uh, understanding your brand identity and, and, and how that applies to the story you tell to the people that you're, you're, uh, you're trying to help or you're trying to provide a service for. So how do you, and I guess I'm curious about protecting your brand um, and, and then just the consistency of, across it, because I, I know that, you know, a lot of companies will post on there, here are my brand guidelines if you want to grab their logo or that, but it's beyond that. How do I, as a small business owner, protect my brand? How do I ensure that um, across every channel it's consistent, people know who I am? Are there any tips or suggestions that you have? Uh, yeah, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you're going to want to do in situations like that, right? You're, what you're actually asking right now, uh, beyond just the, the visual identity part of it, right? Because, you know, that's super important and that does, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So the images that you use and the, the style that you choose to, to portray into all of these channels and all of those different touch points are super important. But more importantly, it's about your messaging framework. And a lot of times when I talk about story, and this is something even I uh, had to learn recently, like within the last few months even, when people talk about brand story, they're not talking about the story of the brand. They're not talking about like how the founder made the business and anything like that. The story is the story of the customer or client that you're serving, right? You're framing your story uh, through your marketing, through your sales, through whatever, you're tailoring it to your ideal client or customer. It's their story of how they're going to find you and how you're going to solve their problem. And then furthermore, it's about the messaging, it's about the words you choose to use to engage with those people and making sure that it's consistent across all of those different touch points. A lot of people, uh, a lot of brand strategists will use like brand decks or some sort of uh, brand guideline that showcases each and every aspect of your brand and how it's engaging with the client and the customer. And then that's, that's not just for the external, it's also for the internal so that your uh, employees, your partners, whoever it is that's working with you and within the organization also understands how you're supposed to communicate with yeah. those people. So that it's cohesive, right? The values that you stand by, they also need to stand by them. And they need to act in accordance with those for the long term. Otherwise, you're going to have a, disjunct, a disjunction and you're eventually going to have issues with, with the clients or customers because they're going to be like, well, I'm getting one experience here with this person, but another one over here. I don't like this experience. And it just takes the one bad experience. It could be 99%. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a, a, you know, a passing grade. It, it, this is a pass or fail you know, world. 
there is no oh we almost got it it's like no you either you got it or you didn't <laughs> like there's there's no in between i love the point that um it's more than just that visual imagery what your your brand is more than just that um and looking at it from the customer's perspective who it is you know how how do they interact with it how do they find you all of those pieces telling their story um, in light of, of what your offering is, or your, I, I think that's amazing. Cause I don't think it's something that a lot of business owners really think about, you know, and, and until you said it, it was just like, oh yeah. Um, because I'm thinking visually, but it's more than that. And I think that's a big challenge that we face a lot of the times anyway, is the um, confusing marketing and branding. Um, and not really understanding the difference between the two. Uh, so that, it, yeah, I'm glad you said that. I think that's- yeah, there's, there's a lot of overlap between the two of them. You're, you're definitely right. And it's difficult to differentiate between marketing and branding. The easiest way I have learned to differentiate is branding is a strategy and marketing is a tactic, right? Marketing can change, right? It's the difference between your slogan and your tagline. Your tagline represents your business. It should be there pretty much as long as your values. You know, a lot of businesses still have the same tagline 30 years in the future, but your, your branding, right? That's, that needs to stick. Your marketing is something that can, that can, it could change. A perfect example would be like Old Spice. Old Spice changed their marketing approach and their brand strategy but they still stand for the same things. They're still a deodorant, you know what I mean? They're still a you know, body wash company, whatever they are, you know, uh, hygiene, men's hygiene. Uh, but they went from being like the, the kind of like old, your, your dad's kind of run of the mill brand to, you know, now like, like my age, like I, I have Old Spice. I use Old Spice and it's like, what happened? You know what I mean? When did it change? You know, they, they changed their approach and you know, that's kind of a slight difference. They, they did change some of their branding, but it's mostly a marketing change, how they were marketing, how they were sending that message out. Can you give an example of um, changing the framework on the messaging to be about the customer story? Can you give an example of, of what that would sound like? Um, so, I mean, it, the only thing that I was trying to make a point about was the difference between a lot of people think brand st brand story is the founder's message. I made this brand. We went did that, 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 and this is how we made the company versus the story that you're actually telling is the, the story of a customer. Like if you think of a commercial, um, it could be for like a, a car commercial, right? The commercial isn't of the founder or an owner or someone who has lots of money, right? The, 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 uh, the story is of a person who is struggling and their car is broken down or their car doesn't work or their car, whatever, whatever the, the story is, doesn't matter, whatever the pain point is. And the solution is a new Lexus for your wife on Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the story, right? That's the story of the customer. It's the customer getting a new car and gifting it to his wife or whatever the, the it doesn't matter. That's the story. That's the example. Got it. Story sell. Backstail story sell. 
stories do sell. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I remember when I was working, um, I was in charge of sales and marketing and we were looking at it and we had, uh, and just from the marketing standpoint, the story that our competitors were telling and they had a, and I don't mean this in a, um, I guess, comparatively speaking, when we talked to clients that had tried both, um, they had a worse product, but they told a better story. And so it just, it opened our eyes to how we needed to change our messaging um, and start telling the story about how the customers would benefit more, you know, using some of the language that was resonating with them. It caused us to go through this um, entire revamp of the way that we were talking about, you know, this product. And it had nothing to do with um, necessarily anything about the functionality or anything like that. It was just, here's how you'll use it. Here's how we want you to see yourself, you know, with less stress, with um, more time on your hands, with fewer errors. It was really getting them to understand these. this is how you'll use it versus um, the way that we were pushing it before, feature, 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 feature. Um, you're going to love it because we love it, basically, right? So um, there's a big difference in that. I, and I guess I, I had a question about how do you effectively tell your story um, without when when everything changes? Like, you know, we talked about uh, the pandemic before. Any number of things could happen. Um, your business will evolve and grow. But how do you effectively continue to tell the right story um, without changing your core identity, without really changing who you are? Yeah. How do you adjust? Good question. Okay, so three three things. I want to I want to jump back real quick first off, and touch on um, something that Natalie had said about stories. Right, you guys are talking about how story sells. The reason why stories sell is because stories are how we think, they're how we relate to each other, they're how we communicate. We perceive reality in stories, right? The most important things that we do is logged in a story. Why do you think movies are so popular, video games are so popular, TV shows, right? Books, literature. I mean, the things that construct our entire societies, religion and spiritual beliefs are stories. And so that's why it's so important to understand storytelling and apply it to business because without it, you're missing the most crucial element of, of being a business, which is empathy. How do you relate to somebody else? And that's what humanizing your brand is. Secondly, and I hope I get all of these things. Secondly, the thing that you were talking about, Shanna, it was uh, the, what was it? Oh my goodness. Sob story. Basically. Oh, the changing of your messaging, the changing of your messaging, right? How you were approaching from the sales and marketing perspective you were getting beaten out by a competitor because they were just telling a better story. The reason why they were telling a better story is this comes back to the, the foundations of the brand elements that create your, your business is, um, is the why, right? Apple versus Microsoft is a perfect example. Apple beat out Microsoft often because they just told a better story. Their product wasn't anything, it wasn't like scores better. They weren't doing anything, you know, 
Apple didn't even manufacture or make anything. They really just put a bunch of stuff together into one device. Other people made it. They just, I'm serious. They, they put it together yeah. and it was something new. They, they didn't invent touch screens or cameras or any of that stuff, right? So, um, and then lastly, your last question was how do you change without affecting uh, permanently or negatively your core identity without changing yeah. that, right? Um, so, I mean, you, you, that's a difficult question because there are ways to move certain aspects of your brand around to you and to, to make your, uh, to make your branding more robust. But if you have a, like a really bad problem with your branding, you kind of can't, what you're doing effectively is you're rebranding. You're going through a rebranding phase and sometimes that's important. Sometimes you can. I'm doing it with Mr. J Studios right now. Tell us about that, if you can, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always understood branding from a designer's perspective. I, I picked up on it quickly because of sales, because a lot of what you do in sales, knocking on doors or you know, consulting or whatever, it all applies to branding, right? It's all empathy. It's all understanding your, your customer's pain points, understanding how to solve the problem. If you're, you know, are they qualified, right? All of those things are just branding on a one-to-one. -one. If you extrapolate that your branding, you're, you're talking about everyone who's going to engage with your brand over time. Um, for me, I needed to learn that part of it. I needed to, I needed to understand the, the, the nuance, the ebbs and flows of brand strategy as a, as a brand strategist, I was looking at it from a designer's perspective and then as a sales perspective, and I needed to kind of grow and mature a little bit. And so I realized when I started really putting through my, like my fine art and my, my visual storytelling aspect that I was like, I'm missing like I'm, I'm missing story in a, in a profound way. And so um, I realized that I went to school for game art and design and I might as well leverage all of the skill sets that I, I got there, even though I didn't graduate and it wasn't what I was gonna do with my life. Um, and I'm applying it to my business now. And so every aspect of my business, it's gonna be coming up here in the next week or two for sure, is gonna be interactive. Everything's gonna be interactive brand characters, AI, you know, um, every touch point, you're going to be engaging with something or someone that is going to compel you to make a decision or engage with you in a way that is human. Oh, did I just freeze? For a minute. Oh, no. You're Am I good. freezing, guys? <laughs> you're good. Okay. Well, no, I think, okay. Maybe <laughs> it is my background. Maybe I can turn it off. Okay. Mine freezes when I have a background on. You can tell everyone that's your artwork in the back <laughs> if you want. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny while he's taking care of that, just because his, his picture reminds me of it. I had taken my son to like a creative arts high school to see if he wanted to, you know, go to this creative arts high school because he's a writer. He writes music and stuff. 
And we got there and there were some kids out and this kid walks up to me and shows me a picture and it was similar to yours. And it was a black and white pencil drawing. And it was just mind blowing. It looked like you printed it from the internet. Right. And I was like, Oh, I don't know, son, if you should be going to this school, <laughs> these kids are like mega talented. <laughs> I love you, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So have- funny. So I have a question about just from a practical standpoint, when we talk about storytelling, it's not necessarily, you know, here, you know, it was a dark and stormy night and, you know, I've got, I'm up late at night and I'm worried about my, how, what are some ways that you can tell stories without it feeling cheesy or feeling, um, I guess, forced? What are some ways that, you know, for almost any business owner, right? I'm not, I'm not looking for industry specific. I'm just saying in general, what are some uh, practices or practical steps to tell a story effectively um, via social media or should it be social media? Should it be email? What, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it can be anything, right? It, it really just comes down to your business model what what is your touch points like what are they what's your pipeline what where how are you actually engaging with these people um and then furthermore what you're actually asking is a a brand development question because it's like well do you know what what your brand personality is do you know what your archetype is like do you do you know who your your ideal clients are have you built out an audience persona right you know the more you know about the person and or persons that you're serving, right? What their problems are and not just the ones that you're gonna solve, but all the problems that lead them to your doorstep for you to solve, right? It's like, it needs to be a fully fleshed out human being and and, and ask that, like, then the, the, it answers itself because the story you're gonna tell or however you're gonna frame the messaging that is gonna go out to them is going to be easy, right? It's like therapy. You know, if you're constantly talking to all of these different clients and, and all of these different customers that come through and you're getting the, the feedback and you're asking the right questions and you're actively listening, they'll tell you. They'll tell you the stories of how they got there. They'll tell you what 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 it is that that compelled them to buy your product or service or whatever. And then then you have your story. Tell the story again, tell it to somebody else, right? Use the testimonials, use the reviews. People don't use reviews and testimonials for the right reasons. They use them as a case study to for, for like trust with the next person that comes through, but that's unnecessary if you know how to talk to the person and solve the problem that they're actively ser- searching for a solution to. So that's really more important. It's about understanding who your audience is, aligning with that audience, and then making sure that you're cohesive and understanding who you are as a business and what you stand for and, and like what is that personality. Like Mr. J Studios, we're a creator, right? We're the magician. That's the archetype that we chose. Because obviously we're creative, we're innovative, and you know, that's the feeling I want to invoke in people when they when they engage with my brand. And it's the it's the thing that solves the problems in, in brand strategy because your your problems as a business are creative. They're, they're, they're complex. They're ever moving. It's a dynamic market. And so you need compelling and creative strategies to overcome those. 
but then you also need the strategic element to make sure that it's not impractical or it's not going to take you off the rails down the line. Um, and so those two things together, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I chose that archetype and understanding that personality as a brand makes it easier for you to align, solve the problems for your customers or clients, and then regurgitate that same story to other people. That's awesome. All right. And perfect timing. Um, Daniel, we so appreciate you being in here. Hopefully you'll stay for the second half. We've got a business owner coming in that um, is looking for ways to grow her online presence. We'd love to have you pitch in if you've got anything to add to it. But for now, we're going to jump into um, our Just Good Business segment. For those of you that aren't familiar, it's just companies that we've identified that um, are doing something that's others focused. It's beyond, you know, just making money. So tonight's Just Good Business is uh, this company in Springfield, Missouri called Askinosi Chocolate. And they have this chocolate university where um, they're bringing students and taking them over to Tanzania. And um, you get to see in this clip that we're going to play a little bit of their story. Well, the interesting thing about what we've been doing, well, what the kids have been doing is it's work. And these kids are not tourists in Tanzania. They're actually here working. Well, the interesting thing about what we've been doing, well, what the kids have been doing, is it's work. And these kids are not tourists in Tanzania. They're actually here working and they're working on computers, they're working with wiring so that we can power the, all of the classrooms for laptops, and they've been working measuring height and weight and, and uh, working bagging rice with Moya students, um, talking with them, laughing with them, and really developing relationships. And it's almost magical to watch them transform over the time that they're here and how much of an impact that this has on their lives. This whole process, this whole experience has been absolutely life-changing. You know? so it's just that they're exposed to this culture and to these people and to their hospitality and their friendship and their love, and it just does something to people, not just the kids, but the adults and all of us. I love the people, and that's another thing I didn't expect. I expected to be so much of a difference between us that the gap between us could never be filled, and now I'm like, I feel part of this community now. And if they're really on the fence about what they want to do with their lives or how they want to make their lives richer before they go to college, help them make decisions about what they want to do in life. Maybe they don't want to graduate from college and live in Africa for the rest of their lives, but maybe they want to find a way to serve people, to serve people in America, to serve people in their community. And there's something about this trip that lights that spark and that gives people inspiration and imagination about what they can do and give their life meaning in the future. I feel a little bit stronger about who I am and they're, I'm kind of figuring out more of what I kind of want to do. I want to help others. And... Because this is a once in a lifetime experience and I'm so grateful that I got a chance to, to use it. A wise man once asked, what if Starting a business was like jumping out of a plane. And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, 
you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Welcome and back. we're back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're losing people left and right, but we're back. Um, Daniel has dropped off Carlton, who runs the back end, which would have um, saved us a little bit of time there because I clicked the wrong thing. Um, he's He had to drop off, but we do have um, Kimberly from Kimberly's Keto Cakes in the house. So Ooh. I'm excited that we'll get a chance to spend time with her. Um, for those of you that <clears throat> are new to the show or um, haven't been in a while, what we started doing is bringing in a business owner. The Better Your Business Show wants to help business owners better their businesses. So we invited them. Uh, we invite anyone in. If you know anyone who might have challenges, want to um, gain the exposure um, for our audience. We were, what, top 10% shared globally on Spotify. So you want to get in on this, let us know. Um, we're happy to have you on there. But tonight, we're going to bring to the studio Kimberly from Kimberly's Keto Cakes. We're going to let her talk a little bit about her business. And then we've also got um, Sandra, uh, Sandra Connor, who is going to be popping in. She wants to offer some advice. We've got advice from coaches um, on, on different platforms where we just put it out there. But let's bring Kimberly in first. Awesome. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey. Hello. How y'all doing tonight? So good. I'm so excited you're here because I traditionally <laughs> follow a keto lifestyle. So I am all up on your website. And I loved hearing the story, too, about um, your grandmother's banana nut bread. It just made me think your baking's got to be good. <laughs> it is really good, y'all. <laughs> it is really good. Okay, so Kimberly, tell us a little bit about um, how you got started. Tell us about your business, who you're trying to serve. Um, let the people know what this is all about, where they can find you, and then um, we will talk about some of the challenges. Okay, so I started the keto diet in 2020. My mom needed to my mom and I needed to lose some weight, but she needed to lose some weight for a knee surgery. And so we started the diet together and I was craving cake. And so my mom made a mug cake and sent me the recipe. And my husband would always make it for me. And he got tired. He was like, babe, I don't feel like it today. And so I went in the kitchen. I made my first keto cake. It was wopsided. It tasted funny, but I kept going. <laughs> I let a friend taste it. She was like, girl, this sugar-free. And she was like, you need to go downtown, get you a DBA, and start a business. And the rest is history. I started and I just kept going. By the third time, the cake started tasting good. So <laughs> that's what I use today. Awesome. I absolutely love it. I've tried two different cakes that she's made. And I really want to try the banana pudding. I, I'm going to be real particular. but that, And that's why I want to try it. Because I know I make really good banana pudding. Uh -oh. But when I saw that you had that recipe, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. 
But um, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you're facing. I'm going to go ahead and before I do that, I'll go ahead and bring Sandra to the screen um, so that she can be on here with us and, and join in. Hello, Sandra. Hey, Sandra is doing great. How is everybody? Awesome. Okay, so Kimberly, let's talk about some of the challenges you're facing. And we've got people in the audience as well to help. Okay, so some of the challenges I've been facing is pricing um, for at least two years. Some of my good friends were like, Kim, do you know how much it costs to make your cake? I'm like, oh, no, I know how much my ingredients cost. They're like, but do you know how much it costs to make your cake? So about four minutes, I found out how much it costs to make my cake, and I cried for two days. I have been pretty much giving away cake. <laughs> so, And some of the challenges I'm having with that is um, pricing. I had to go up and I'm like, but I like my little bunts. You know, I'm like, will people really pay this amount for the bunt cake? You know, it's, it's kind of small, but it's costing me a certain amount to make it. And if I, you know, it's like I'm paying people $3, we're giving $3 away to eat the cake if I'm not pricing it the right way. And um, when people meet me, they was like, I didn't know that you were around. And I'm like, you know, so exposure. And I'm like, I've been, um, my market is only social media and Google. So I don't know what else I should do. So that's it. Um, Are you getting sure consistent orders? Ma'am? Are you getting consistent orders? It's a hit and miss sometimes. And it's like, now I kind of understand how it goes. Because myself, I was on keto strong for two years. And then I fell off the wagon. And I've been trying to get back on for about five months. So it's like this. Um, some people are on keto for a short term. So it's always new customers. Around birthdays, holidays, I get a lot of orders. Um, this month, it was pretty consistent, but um, not very consistent. So I do farmer's markets to make sure I make money. So, yeah, but online orders are not consistent. Not like I would like them to be. And that's what you're trying to grow right now. So yes, I'm you, like, I'm out here, y'all. If y'all want some cake, it's, it's here. Okay. <laughs> I need y'all to order. Yeah, and because there's not a lot of keto dessert places. It's not. Well, I, I mean, the few that there are, they're home bakers. No one, um, there's one place that serves some keto cake, Unrefined Bakery. They have some keto options, but not just keto cake, you know? Okay. How many varieties of cake do you have, Kimberly? About seven. Okay. Um, and are they all the same price and the same shape? or? Well, they're all the same shape, but if it's like blueberry, it's a little extra. If it's um, caramel, it's a little extra because it costs a little extra to make. Um, but every other cake is the same price. Okay. Here's my first suggestion to you. Okay. Find out what the value of having a keto cake available is to the average person who eats it. So you mentioned at least one competitor. If there are others, do a little research online, just... Google or DuckDuckGo, which is my preference, keto cake and see what comes up. So do some research and see what other people are charging. Now, do you ship outside your geographic area? 
No, we're not allowed as a college law baker. We can't. What does that mean? Cottage um, uh, law means that you bake from home and okay. your kitchen is not inspected by the FDA. Okay. So that limits the your reach. So you'd have yeah. to be in Texas or you have, you have to, be to be in I mean, like I'm from Louisiana and when I go there, as long as I'm the one selling it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I only go to Louisiana and, and Texas to, to bake, you know, to sell the cake. Okay, so you deliver them or you ship them? I do both. Okay, got it. All right. So can you tell us what a price is? What What's your most expensive cake today? My most expensive cake is the nine-inch bunt cake, and this one ten. Okay. $110 for the cake? Yes, okay. But and the most... What do you tell people that inspires them to buy one? Well, I don't tell anybody anything. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I'm trying to get to how does one decide if, if, they're, if you're on a keto diet and you've been craving dessert and you know Kimberly's is just around the corner and you can get one, what will inspire you? as the buyer of a cake to get in your car and go over to Kimberly's place and get a keto cake. Okay. Well, one, um, it's delicious. It's moist. You won't believe it's sugar-free and you'll be back. Okay. And that's part of the story you should tell. Do you have customer stories where people have gone, that is the best cake I ever put in my mouth. It was worth every penny. That was what I was going to ask. I tell you, I would order right now. I have some delicious. Like when I make a cake or if I deliver or ship, I always post it. And there's one customer that always comments. But my neighbor just told me, she said, Kim, when you get those text messages from the customers, share it on your social media. I'm like, that's kind of personal. She's like, no. That makes people want to buy. And when this lady that I did ship to come in and up under it, like how wonderful all three products were, another lady read and she was like, well, I want one. You know, yeah. I was like, maybe I do need to. These, you know, I'm like, I don't know, because people don't write reviews anymore. Something's happening. Oh, hold on. I could share some of the messages I get, but I was a little scared to do it. I don't know why. Don't be scared. I have lots of them. Testimonials are like gold. Yeah. Because people want to hear what other people think about something. And that can make the difference between whether or not they place an order or not. Okay. Now, you might want to get permission to use people's full names, but you can use first names or you know, Mr. Smith, Miss Smith, Dr. Jones, whatever, as long as they know it's a real person. And if you can get permission to use a photograph with it, that really? is wonderful. <laughs> yes. All right. Or show them eating the cake. There are a lot of ways to leverage okay. that. It doesn't cost you any money. That's the best part. And I, I, I knew, like, 
a friend of mine told me also, why don't you ask them when they're at your farmer's market, when they take the first bite? Because the first thing they say is, I can't believe this keto. Or I can't believe it's sugar free. I get that all the time. And, they, and when they do it, they kind of roll their eyes with it. I'm like, I need to really be capturing that, you know? I'm so shy. Like, I'm not really shy, but it, it seems like when it comes to this business, it's like, um, you know, one of the things that, what's us? I was kind of dominating the conversation. Go ahead. Well, I ha actually, I wanted to ask a question, Sandra. I don't know if you know, because I know that, um, Kimberly, you said, I think it was six different flavors that you have. Is that a good amount of flavors for a bake shop like that? Or would that be something that she should do, increase her amount of flavors? Because, I mean, you're not the first keto bakery I've looked at. You're that caramel cake, the caramel turtle cake. Oh, my God. That's my newest flavor. <laughs> is it not right? <laughs> that thing is sugar-free. Is that the one you had, Shanna? No. Um, I had a strawberry and... Um, I, think, I know I didn't eat chocolate. I, I, there was a strawberry cake and I think it was a vanilla, you know, just a, a regular cake with delicious frosting. Nothing but cakes. I mean, it was, you would think that that's almost what you were eating. If you, if you like that kind of thing, I could not believe it myself um, when she was saying that it was so good. So he, he, you guys hear me saying this, <laughs> I have tasted those cakes. I was at the farmer's market. I tasted her cakes. They are delicious. So can I have a few over here out. and get ready? Cut this clip out. <laughs> What's that, Natalie? I said, well, cut this clip out and Kimberly can, can post <laughs> yeah. it. Right. This is one of those moments. <laughs> you can share this. Absolutely. I give you my permission to let everyone know. I think those cakes are delicious. And if Thank you're you. on a keto diet, you really do need to try it out, especially if you're in this area. So it's going to be limited to those of us who are like me I right know, here around where she is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can get one and ship it to you, Natalie. <laughs> hey, okay. that's, that's a good idea, actually. Okay, um, what do you think about that? Should she increase her flavors or is that enough? So I think she's got what she's got, right? Um, I, you know, and she's continuing to develop. So it's not like she's, you know, stagnant here and, you know, only has the three, but, um, you know, how many varieties do you really need? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and and really, it's listening to her customers. What are they asking for? Because um, the banana pudding, you said, that's relatively new as well, right? It's new. It takes a while to make, too. I don't know if I have it this weekend. I don't know. I might. That's a good question. Denise says, can you partner with a restaurant or deli to sell slices, uh, to sell slices of your cakes or sell your cupcakes? Well, I can, but that's gonna that's another thing. I would have to um be in a commercial kitchen. I will no longer be a cottage law baker, but I definitely can. And I've been asked by two different places to put my stuff in that store, but I'm not there yet. Two things, Kimberly. Yes, ma'am. When, when when is your next farmer's market that you're going it's to Saturday? This coming Saturday? Yes, ma'am. Write yourself a note right now okay. to have your phone available. Or Is somebody working with you? No, ma'am. Okay. Have your phone available when you're offering tastings of your cakes. Have up a sign. I will ask you to video while you're tasting the cake. 
so you can get lots of video testimonials and real genuine reactions from people when they're tasting it. Okay. That will provide you with some footage you can use to build that social proof that people love to see. Secondly, those restaurants that are, or shops that are offering to um, market and sell your cakes, see if you can work out an agreement with them to use their kitchen part-time. I didn't think about They're that. already licensed. So all you have to do is establish that you're operating from a licensed kitchen and that will expand what you can do sales-wise. And then I could ship everywhere. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, I used a commissary kitchen. There was a restaurant that was close by when I was doing a farmer's market in Oregon. Um, I had to have a commissary kitchen in order to sell food there. So I just went to a restaurant that was local and I was like, Hey, would you, would you let me use it? And so it, they gave it to me for really cheap. I had mm -hmm. access to the entire kitchen whenever, um, we worked around their catering schedule, but it worked out beautifully for me. So there's plenty of opportunities there. I do, we're running short on time, but I do want to, um, I promise people, I put this out on um, Alignable. So Tina from Co Consulting and Coaching with Tina says, um, especially when it relates to online orders, increasing that, that was one of the things you mentioned, generate awareness, develop content for consideration, drive conversions, and keep customers satisfied. And you do have satisfied customers. So I'm with Sandra on make sure that people know about that. It's not personal, it's business, right? So just recognizing that. Um, Patty from Cobalt Group, um, her experience with growing and sustaining an online presence requires a solid business plan for the inventory you want to sell. You can't grow an online customer base by using it for market research or testing what you think might sell. You have to grow an online presence as you would any vertical of your business. So it's just looking at that. Your value proposition was mentioned. She's got a lot of things and I'll share this with you afterwards. And then the last thing was um, John, he had a few questions that you need to consider. Um, and I know that Denise was asking some of these as well. Um, what's the biggest problem that you solve? What's your call to action? And then what Sandra asked you earlier, why would anyone buy from you versus someone else? Um, and it's not pricing. You know, he specifically says price is not the answer. Um, so it's really looking and, and understanding and identifying some of these things. And that's going to help you go a little bit farther faster. Okay. Thank you. All right. We are going to thank you so much for joining us. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on here and helping Kimberly. Hopefully you can help the next business owner as well. We're, we're trying to keep this going because we want to help people continue to grow. Kimberly, um, for those people that are in the DFW area, where can they find you? How can they get to you? Tell us. So I visit the farmer's market at the shops at Willow Bend. Um, we're in the parking lot of Macy's and Creighton Barrel. The address is 6209 West Park Boulevard. And every other Saturday, I'm at Richardson Farmer's Market at 101 South Coit. And if you follow my social media, I always post where I'm going to be. Okay. And then you've got a website, correct? Oh, yes. Kimberly's KetoCakes.com. All right. 
So you guys have it there. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. We appreciate your vulnerability and just your willingness to share. And we wish you the best of luck with everything. Sandra, thank you so much for your expertise. Denise, same thing. You are a huge supporter and we appreciate you. But it is time for us to go into our, bye guys. It's time for us to go into, of course, um, it's time for us to go into, it's your boy Fitzroy. Okay, I think we both did the same thing, Natalie. Hi, Kimberly. Bye, yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> okay, it's your boy Fitzroy. We're going to go ahead and play that clip. Now that we have a business idea and a business plan set, the next step is to conduct some market research. And a great way to do that is by using PollThePeople.app. To find out what resonates with your potential clients when it comes to your business name and logo, product, how to present your product or service, brand testing, or a YouTube strategy, you can count on Poll the People to get valuable market research directly from the public. This site can help you answer questions like, what Google ad design will optimize your CPC? What call to action messages will convert the most users? And what brand messaging do users prefer so you don't have to make any uneducated guesses? You can sign up for free at pollthepeople.app. With this website, your business will be the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. All right, don't get beat up out there. Okay, so do you know what that one was from? No, but can I point out last week I was right. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. He messaged me. He's like, you were right. It was Hulk Hogan. I was like, oh. <laughs> but this one, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. But again, it, so there are only certain movies or songs that I will know what it is that I could quote like that, right? Um, so no, I'm curious to know if anyone else was aware of what that was. Let us yeah. know. Maybe there's a prize in it at some point. Um, maybe that is what we should do. But you've got a money minute for us, don't you? Um, I do. Yes. So um, I'm going to be talking to you guys through the season about different ways that you can make money from home, as you know, because a lot of you reached out to that. I'm trying to stay away from social media stuff because you guys were like, oh, we don't want to just be social media stuff. So I'm trying to give you some variety. You guys know I'm obsessed with Amazon. So I'm going to talk to you more about that because that is a goldmine. But tonight we're going to talk about do you have a great voice? You can actually get paid to do voiceovers. You have an unusual voice, a high-pitched voice, or just frankly have something to say and want to do voiceovers and get paid for it. You can go to, I don't know how I, Carlton was going to bring up the website for me. Minute, I'll try and bring it up. Okay. So it? um, it's, uh, I put it in the chat. I think it was voice.com. Yeah. Voices.com. Okay. And just go in there, you sign up, and essentially what you do is you put together a portfolio and people that need people to do voiceovers go in there and hire you for freelance work, essentially, and then you get paid to do that. So whether it's they need, you know, a voiceover in a video, a voiceover for a commercial, a cartoon clip, whatever, uh, if you fit their description, they'll reach out to you. It shows you the different pricing on them. They got paid pretty well, some of them, and um, you can shop around for different jobs on there and, and reach out to apply for them, too. Did it work, Shanna? Um, it is finally coming up. So okay. I, I, I was just waiting there's, on it. <laughs> um, there's a few, a couple of them. So there's, um, I think it was voice.com. I put voices.com. It might be voice.com. 
and there's voice bunny voice one two three and snap recording okay yeah it's voices.com um yep. but you can go I in there and that little portfolio if that's something that would interest you and you know make some money on the side doing voice okay. voiceovers personally i think that might be kind of fun we actually, we did it when um, my sister was in design school. We made a little video that she made the cartoon of and she used all of our voiceovers on it. It was pretty cool. Okay, I finally was able to bring it up. Everything just went so slowly. As soon as you asked for it, it was just like, okay. And I think I signed up for this a while back, Natalie. I um, thought of you, Sam. I didn't I was do like, anything with it. I might have just signed up because I thought it would be... I have to look. I'll 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 look and see um, if I ever signed up. What I what I noticed though that was they have the thing because it's killing my system. But um, yeah, they have like a free and a paid plan. You know, like pretty much anything that's out there. Uh, but I think I did sign up for it because I thought that might be fun and an easy way to to make some money and do something. And I. You know, I have this this voice that people like to. You have a good to. voice. I thought it's of it right as, away. It's not as silky smooth as Fitz Roy's. Um, <laughs> but I thought it might be fun, you know. And but one of the things that I noticed is it like they want you to act it out. And so I was like, ooh, and I get to act too. What? Yeah, I know, um, exactly. It's perfect for you. <laughs> Let us know how your side hustle goes, Shanna. <laughs> okay, okay. I need, to, I need to get back into it and see if I can pick up some jobs and then I'll let you know for sure. Okay, we do have a few grants that we want to cover. So last week we talked to you guys about um, some of the grants that are expiring. We want to show you those, but I've got a couple of new ones that I discovered today. Um, grants are everywhere, y'all. So this one is the high five grants for moms, 10,000, 5,000, 2,500, um, or $1,000. Well, all of those have $1,000 credit for like office furniture or what have you. You have to be a mom. It's um, for, you know, caregiver with human children. I love that they clarified that because a lot of people are like, oh, I've got my fur baby. You have to have a human child. Um, you have to own, you own at least 50% of a for-profit business. You can verify your earnings, um, that you earned some money with your business within the last 12 months. And then you have to know your why behind your business. And this was one of the things that Daniel was talking about earlier is um, when we had our conversation before the show was the purpose. A lot of business owners really need to stick to their purpose. So this um, organization, it's 10,000 grand prize, 5,000 first runner up, 2,500 second runner up. And then um, they do have that next one, like honorable mention, that's just the $1,000 credit. So there's that. Um, I think I had one other thing. Yeah. So in order to do this, and this expires Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, if we're at standard yet, but you're going to have to write your why on your hand, and then you're going to have to post it on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And you need to tag both the Mama Ladder and the um, and Lowe's Home Improvement because those are who's sponsoring this in order for you to get that money. So make sure that you do that. We're going to post these things so that you have access to them. 
The next grant that we're going to look at tonight is uh, the atomic grants. This is for women as well. You have to identify as a woman, must be 21 years or older. Um, be passionate about making change happen for yourself and others. Um, that expires tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Central. So it's just a micro grant, but you also get coaching as well with that. Um, some of the other ones we're going to run through real quickly. We've already covered these, but I want you to know because they're expiring coming up soon. DoorDash expires tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, these are for restaurants that were impacted by COVID. You have to have a brick and mortar restaurant, um, no more than three locations, $10,000 grant on the line there. Um, the next one is the everything's going so slowly, guys. Different grants that were available, all 10K, if I'm not mistaken. The Amber grants um, are also um, expiring tomorrow. Some of these are going to come back next quarter, but for the most part, um, just pay attention. Go to Women's Net, go to Amber, sign up. Uh, Amber, there is like a $15 fee but it's $15 and you can get in on any of the grants that they have available. The Inc. File $2,500 Young Entrepreneur Scholarship Grant is available for those in high school, undergraduate, graduate, or trade school. Um, and then they also have one for entrepreneurs, but you've got until Saturday in order to apply for these. So do it tonight or tomorrow. Don't wait until the last minute because when I did that with one of those, they changed the deadline on it. It was the right day, but they changed the time and I was no longer eligible. So do not wait. Go ahead and apply for these grants if you qualify. Awesome. All right. All right. Great That's show it, tonight. Great show tonight. Thank you, Shanna, for all that you do for the awesome stuff with the grants. It was awesome having Mr. J here tonight, just a wealth of knowledge and um, having uh, Kimberly's keto cakes. I'm excited yeah. about those. There's got to be a way to change that. There's, I mean, I don't I even understand why she has to stay where she's at. That's just wrong in so many levels. So um, it's awesome. I'm excited to see what happens with her business. Um, obviously, all the grant stuff, lots of money going away. The voiceover, we're excited to see if you, you know, start those little side hustles. You could end up on like a famous cartoon like The Simpsons or something, Shanna. You never know. So thank you, everyone who joined us tonight. We appreciate I'm it. We are so excited. Yeah. <laughs> we are so excited to spend time with you every week. We look forward to seeing you again next Thursday. I know Shanna hit it on before. We have lots of great stuff coming up with the Rescore, so we will keep you posted. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week. See you soon. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> huh? Okay. We're still live. Thinking.